Hello and welcome to the Pen Addict Podcast, episode 66. This is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analogue tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Curley, and I am joined by a man that if he was a Kickstarter project, he'd break all known records. That's Mr. Brad Dowdy. Yeah, I would like to think so. That's, uh, you know, on, on the radar. That's on the, that's on the, uh, the bucket list, break all Kickstarter records. So I'm I got to sure come up would. with I got to come up with the project first. That's kind of the the hindrance, right? The pen addict pen. Yeah. And you could source all of your parts from China. Imagine that. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna get me on right out the gate, huh? Let's, uh-huh. We're just gonna we're just gonna go there. We're okay. Going straight for it. Let's go there. So um, I said last I said last week that I was done talking about the Visionaire. It's and, too um, big a story, man. I know it is. I, I'm just tired of talking about it, and because I don't think anything is going to change. And um, Morgan emailed me last week. Um, I don't know. It was a couple of days after the podcast. I don't even know what day. So Mor- Morgan's the uh, the project uh, founder on Kickstarter for the Visionaire Fountain Pen. And if you've listened to the show, you you know all about this story that I've been. Uh, I'm going to go with dealing with. <laughs> it's uh, it's I'm kind of over it, but. Morgan, to his credit, sent me an email. Um, unfortunately, the email is pretty standard issue to the way he's been answering all the other questions. You know, it's everything's lumped in together, and it's just one big generic pile of stuff. You just kind of got to read between the lines and pick out some of the pieces. So, I mean, it's an epic length email. I have I'm on a uh, I'm on a 15 inch MacBook Pro. In my Gmail account, and the text, the body of the text does not fit on a single full screen. So that's <laughs> that's the the email he sent me. Wow. But to to recap, the first the first episode we talked about it, I'd sent Morgan an email with a list of questions. So he he says, you know, he's a in his email to me recently. He says, you know, he apologizes about the day and uh, the the delay, and um, he's getting lots of emails and trying to keep up. And then he goes into answering my questions. So let me recap a couple of the questions because they're they're really short. Um, I tried to keep them short for him, and just so it you know I I didn't want it to be you know I didn't want to try to kill the guy and have all kinds of deep detailed posts detailed questions. Um, so he lumped. I answered asked him five questions. He lumped the answers to one, two, and three <laughs> into one answer. So let me read those questions real quick. So my question one was, you talk about designing the Visionaire, but you also talk about not having much fountain pen experience, how much of the actual design is yours, and how much is pre-made parts. Second question is, did you fit your specs into an existing design, or is this 100% original design? And the third question is, are any new tools or dyes being made to produce these pens, or will existing tooling be used for the manufacturing? So that's all kind of around design. That's three like pretty important, pretty sort of... Technical but high level questions. I think. Yes, yeah, and those are all around the design and building of the pen, right? I mean, they all kind of sort of go together. So, his answer, his reply, it says one through three. <laughs> the answer says, "It's true, I'm not a pen expert. I really like fountain pens, as I learned to write with one of these, to write with one, and use them for quite many years at school since it was compulsory at the time." And then right there, he goes straight into side story. When I was a kid, there were some plumes, a stick with a nib that you dip into ink at my grandparents' house. And this goes on for several sentences. I'm not going to. So that's that's what I'm dealing with here, okay? So he 
does what he does best. <laughs> this is how he answers lots of his questions. So then when he gets down to it, um, he goes, I have imagined and designed what would be my perfect pen, not from the technical aspect, but more from the emotional side of it. What I mean is more look, feel, hear. So I wanted a simple, slick look, the weight in your hand when you hold it or write with it, the sound of the nib on the paper, of the, and of the cap when you close it. To me, these are the most important features. So I did send a design of the pen with these specs, and he put specs in quotes, which are all the touchy-feely stuff he's talking about, I'm guessing, to the chosen manufacturer and asked them if this could be done. They said yes, they could make a pen like this and sent me a prototype after a few weeks. I do know they took some standard parts to make it, but believe the body cap details on the clip were done for me since it matches my design. Really, I did not think about asking what percentage of exclusive manufacturing is done on specific tools since the pen came out the way I wanted. If I can stop you. Yeah, so that's, no, that's the stopping point, so go. All of that is perfectly valid. Yes. It would have just been so much better if that was the way he wrote it. Yes. Because that is a perfectly, in my opinion, that is perfectly fine. So, look, right. I, unfortunately, I don't know how to make this stuff. I know exactly what I want. These are the things that I want. I sent yep. them to a manufacturer. They sent me a prototype, and it yep. matches all that stuff. If this is stuff you want, we've got the pen for you. The problem yep. is you say you design it, and you show CAD images, so we'll show that you designed it. You. Right. You, Bob Smith, opened AutoCAD and created a pen. That's the problem. Right. Yep. But We're those, on the same page. Those reasons that he gave and that that explanation, I find that perfectly acceptable. I do too. But it just wasn't presented that way. Exactly. Not at all. Okay. Right. So please continue. No. I, I don't know that there's much to, to continue on. The the questions four and five were you know, it was about the, you know, it being a Chinese pen, why should someone buy this instead of a hero? And then, you know, my question five was mentioned that the, the margins are low for the product, um, but he increased the early, early bird backers. And let's see what he says about this. That, this answer wasn't as interesting as the first one, I thought. Right. Um, let me just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rereading this part real quick. But yeah, he was just talking about, you know, wanting to create something meaningful, meaningful and manufacturing expenses are going down because the quantities are going up and that's all that's all good and um, that was what we established previously yeah. hadn't we anyway you know yeah so then yeah and that's yeah and the answers to question four and fives really aren't um it, it's just n nothing really interesting out of there and he just said you know brad i hope it hope this answers your questions and you'll be able to understand a little bit better what visionaire is about so he sent me this three days ago and then yesterday on the Visionaire project page, you got an update, right, Mike? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the updates, even if you're not a backer, you can click on the updates and see. And to Morgan's credit, he did what pretty much everyone had been asking him to do. One, get in front of the camera and show me you're a real person. And two, some people had some questions about the, um, the filling mechanism. So he did two videos. And you know what? Just like everything else he's done for this project, he does a really he does a really nice job. Yep. I mean, you watch him do the do the updates, and it's like I don't want to talk bad about this guy because he seems like a totally likable guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, either we get either we're getting epically trolled, or 
he's as genuine as can be. And I think it's probably um, the latter. I mean, he seems pretty genuine. Yeah, what did you think of the videos? The, I mean, the the one where he's talking to camera, there's not really anything to say about that. But what about the filling video? What do you think? Um, <laughs> He didn't really seem like he knew what he was doing. He doesn't because he uses um, drawing ink for one of his samples um, <laughs> in the video. <laughs> what one was You know that? what I'm talking about? Huh? Was that the one in the pink bottle? Yeah, that's not fountain pen ink. <laughs> that's like uh, dip pen ink that you wouldn't. No one would put in a <laughs> should be putting in a fountain pen. Oh, At no. least I think that's what it is. I've never. I mean, it was so thick looking, and it, it comes did in look a bottle. Strange, didn't it? Yeah, it's weird. I was like looking so, at it. I was like, you Americans have weird ink bottles. No, that's not a fountain like, pen ink. What is there so little in called, there? You know what? I just did a search for it. It's called it's called Higgins Fountain Pen Ink, um, and I think it's for. But I think it's really for. Yeah, it says excellent for use with airbrushes. Um, oh. it does. You know what? To its credit, it does call itself. No, okay. This site's calling it fountain pen ink, but the packaging says waterproof drawing ink. What this really is is like something you'd use with a dip pen or something like that. No one would ever put this in a fountain pen in a converter and run it through a nib. I was pretty, I was cringing while he was doing that. I was like, oh no, but you know, yeah, whatever. That was that was kind of funny. But he did have a he did have one regular bottle of fountain pen ink. Then he had some fountain pen ink cartridges. Um, he does a good job on the video that you could barely hear him sometimes for the the music overlay, which was very strange. Yeah, um, I mean, the, but, I mean, that's. I, mean, that's I, I don't the, think that that yeah. that part was very good of the video. Like, yeah. him talking wasn't very good, but. Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's really irrelevant to the what the thing is. But that was just a little weird. He did he did a nice job on the video, but uh, when I saw those ink bottles, I was like, oh man, I've got to watch this and see what he does. And sure as heck, he dipped that fountain pen right in there and sucked up that ink. But if you did that more than, you know, pulling it into the ink cartridge and drawing and cleaning it right out, you're gonna you're gonna have a bad time. So I, I don't rec- <laughs> I don't recommend using the uh, the his ink choice there for the uh, the pink ink. That was pretty scary. Yeah. And again, you know, it goes back to what what I was saying previously about you know people saying he uses a bick or whatever. He he clearly isn't a pen addict. No, you know he he is a guy who wanted to make a nice pen for himself and thought that other people might like it. That, that's right. kind of where he comes from. Like, because just hearing him try to explain ink cartridges was yeah. painful. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I think we can put a bow on this one. I mean, I think I don't think so, man. You don't, you don't. You think I'm gonna be talking about it next week too? <laughs> I don't think next week, but it's gonna come back, especially when yeah. I get mine in. But I know, no, I this is a big story. Okay. This is a big story in our in our little world. I think the guy yeah. has raised a quarter of a million dollars. I know. Is it the I biggest know. pen Kickstarter now? Uh, no, but I think it's gonna be by the time it's done. I think Pen Type A was like in the two nineties. I'd have to look. I'd have to double check. It's got to be second. And it's got 20 more days. I imagine it'll be first by the time it's done. Pen type A was $281,990. So, yeah. So I don't think any of them be. have been bigger than that. It will be, won't it? Yep. And yeah, he explained, one. you know, why he was, did the 60 days, which makes perfect sense. You know? Yeah. He didn't think anyone would... He didn't know if anyone would want to buy it, so... 
Yeah, so he's, I mean... Yeah, $276,000 he's made. It's 20 days to go. He's going to He's gonna get, probably get to three hundred. Yeah, I think. He's going to make he's gonna make way more money than the pin type A folks did. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they... Whew, if they made anything by the time they were done, I, I'd be shocked. They made very little, but... Uh, Whoa, I've just checked. Have yeah. you seen what Karis Customs are up to? Uh, no. They have 69 hours to go as of time of recording. They're up to $109,000. Whoa, that's awesome. That is incredible. I'm so happy for them. I'm really happy for those guys. Um, 1,300 backers. Yeah, and let's have a quick quick public service announcement. If you're an international buyer um, of the retract pin, they were able to get lower international shipping, so you need to go and change your pledge amount, and you can can save a few bucks. Yeah, I'm sure sure they'll get in touch and say that. But they've got it on the site now, and it says international shipping is only $10. And $10 international shipping is pretty standard for Kickstarter projects. Seems like everything that I've ever backed has been $10 for international shipping. So okay. that's great though. I'm really I'm really, really happy for Chaos Customs. Yeah, it's nice to see it across that uh that magical uh arbitrary threshold of a hundred grand. That's a that's a pretty big deal. And this is uh my I'm excited to get this pen. Um I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And Dan and um Bill Karras that they, they crack me up with their with their marketing stuff, their promotions. They do it hilarious they're hilarious, like you know, the um They've added pocket protectors on there, which is like the yeah. geekiest thing in the world. I am so in love with those things. I am just dying. Dan showed them to me beforehand, and I was just crying. I was like, you've got to be kidding me that you're even considering do this, and it's genius. <laughs> I'll see if I can find an image or something for those. Yeah, they're on the Kickstarter page. Yeah, there we go. It's in one of the uh, one of the updates, so I can link directly to the update. If you want to find the show notes to this week's episode, go to 5x5.tv slash penaddict slash 66, and you will find the links there, including the Visionaire, artic- uh, Visionaire update, you'll find, um, and you'll find the uh, Retract update with the, with the uh, Pocket Protector, too. Mm-hmm. And then I gotta say, in uh, politically correct or not, they went and did another update where they were trying to get a backer for the the day in the life thing where you get to go visit um, visit the shop and you know have lunch and get your pin made right there. And they did that. They took this picture that's the uh, in their in their workshop, um, you know, based around the the famous Last Supper image. And I, I they just they just kill me. It's hilarious. Yeah, so they do a good they do a super good job at their. Uh, their updates they they keep it fun and that's that's important so if i lived locally i would i would do oh that. totally that's a fair price too it's like 250 bucks yep. you know to go yeah go spend the day with the with the gang there so yeah good job by them uh 69 hours to go so um i know they're excited um i talked to dan last week he's pretty pumped so um and i'll be talking to him as the uh production goes on so um, Have you seen yeah. Bill? Bill's going to shave his beard if they reach one hundred and fifty thousand. Yep, yep. I don't know if That's they will. That's they've only got yeah. sixty nine hours. But I doubt it in that amount of time. But that was that can't was pretty you, cool. Uh, like I said, they they make it fun and, and funny and just you know do cool stuff like that. So can't they do you a just good job. put some of that pen addict money behind this and get it up to one fifty? I know, I know. So y'all have six, 69 hours left by the time we're done recording and. Uh, and um, get this posted. You'll have sixty-eight hours left, so get on it. Cool. All right. Um, can I just say, very yeah. quickly? Yeah. You didn't think you can have much to talk about today. Yeah. Sixteen minutes. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. I, Mike, Mike has to listen to me usually, usually on Sunday or Monday before we record on Tuesday. Oh, Mike, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Do you have anything? And I always ask Mike, hey, Mike, you have anything? No. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess I got to come up with something. So, uh, yeah, good. I know we've talked about it all the time. Sometimes it just flows. and uh, It always does. It's not sometimes. Uh, every week. I know. It's because, like Karis Customs, we have fun doing it. We so we're do able to indeed. just chat about it. And we're good at what we do, Brad. We try. We try. No, I we're certainly good. try. We're the best pen-related podcast on the internet. Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt. We're number one with a bullet. <laughs> so I did. I made a little list last night. Um, I was getting ready. To, I was wrapping up a single field notes notebook and starting a new one. And when I get down to like one or two pages left in a field notes notebook, I generally don't know what to write. I want to, if I'm going to write anything new or that I need to remember, I want it to go in a new one. So it's not stuck in a, in an old one that I'm going to go file away. So I decided, I don't know what made me think to do it. And I've kind of talked about it before, but I just made a big list of my, of all the colors, field notes, colors, editions. And I just went through the list and ordered them in my favorite um, my favorite field notes limited editions. I rank them based on how much I enjoy looking at them, using them, the design of them. They're not ranked by, you know, rarity or collectability or anything like that. Just how much fun I've, I've been, or how much I've enjoyed those editions. I'm not going to go through the whole list. There's 19 of them so far, but just to just to hit it, and we'll have a link to my list in the show notes because I just did it. I wrote it in the last second to last page of my field notes. Um, and just took a photo of it and put it up on Instagram. So we'll have the list. But number one, and it's really, it's number one, and then there's a huge gap to number two for me. And number one is grass stained green. And it's really not even close what number two is. I like that edition so much that it's it's just far and away beyond Still can't any believe other you edition. sent me one. Yeah, I mean, I wanted you to have one. So, because I because I like it that much, I want to share those things that that I like that much, and you know, want to share it with other people. So it I've really surprises me that you put Night Sky so far down. Night Sky is at number nine. Yeah, I think just maybe because it's fresh, and you know, when I look at all these other ones, how much I've enjoyed. Like I've been able to spend time with a lot of these other editions, you know. And Night Sky is still fresh in my mind, I guess, if you will. So we'll we'll do the top, top ten real quick. So one is grass stained green, and that's really covers about the top five for me. Two is Raven's Wing, which is just an all time classic. Three is Butcher Orange, just because I love the orange craft paper um, cover on that. I think it's really striking, and and that was their first, so it's kind of got that got that little extra cachet to it. Um, Four is kind of a surprise, but it's one I've enjoyed using as much as any of them is the American Tradesman Edition. Um, five is Just Below Zero, which is an older edition, but that was that was one of the, I don't think it was the first three-color books they did. It might have been Mackinac Autumn, but um, where they did three individual colors in the uh, three-pack of the three individual color covers. Know, Six uh, is, sorry, I'm going to include... Um, your field notes page on your okay. site so people can follow along with the, the yep. images. You can see pictures of them and mm. stuff. Six is National Crop. That one grows on me as the days go by. I think that's one of the best editions ever. Um, it, it's it got that history aspect and I think the designs are killer and I like the, the specificity, you know, where they 
made each each book you know had its own name like cotton and soybean and corn and things like that um seven is butcher blue um again that's just a classic classic simple design but it's still one of the best um eight is day game um the we've talked about the white with red this was one of the first dot editions um did i say that's what i'm using now after i finished my first night sky I went oh, no. on to a day game. That's what I've been using for my daily field notes. Do you know I'm using two field notes books at, concurrently now? Okay, cool. So I'm working on a new project. Um, um, so I broke out the uh, an XOXO. Cool. Which has not held up very well. No. <laughs> the purple's just coming off, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can tell that they... I mean, naturally, they don't put the same amount of effort into the these ones as they do the ones that they sell. No doubt, but um, it's kind of got a bit beaten up on the back, and and uh, mm. it's like it, it the the purple's just wearing away. Yeah, yeah, they get so beat uh, up. Field notes, I love it. I know it's cool because yeah. I have them in my pocket, right? So I'm standing up, sitting down, running it around, and I love how they feel when they're beaten up. Yep, and the the they wear perfectly. Yeah. I I don't know it it's just put together properly, and um it you know when you're when you're done with it, it looks. As it should, you know, and it's it's all together, and it looks like you know you have a piece of um, your little history there. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so day games eight, night skies nine, and Mackinac autumn is ten. Again, I like the I like the three different color books, like um, just below zero day game, Mackinac autumn, where you get three separate in the three pack. They're each covers a different color, so I'm a big fan of those. And just uh, I'm not going to read the whole list, but just the Last one on the list is balsam fir. <laughs> I hate that edition. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I, I guess I'm not an olive green guy. I, it's the col- It's the color. I mean, it's the colors of it and the colors of the grid and the colors of the of the cover and the colors of the um, printing and things like that. I don't just. It doesn't appeal to me at all. I even put expedition edition above it. One, just one step above, but those are the bottom two: expedition and balsam fir. So, it's good. I've had some good conversation around this list, and it's funny. You know, people say, you know, balsam fir is my favorite, or you know, it's just like pins. You know, everyone's got their own favorites and their own reasons for having it, and that's why that's what makes this so, kind of stuff so fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I've been last week we mentioned that new field notes group on Facebook. Yeah, apparently they are in love. And I didn't realize this with that yellow capsule edition that I sent you. Hmm. That's like some of the people's on there's very, very favorite. So I, I still have a, a set of those and sent you one. So those have been super popular. I didn't count any of the alternate editions like that. Just these are just the 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 basic field notes released colors subscription edition. So anyway, I've been enjoying that, list that is group. out there. What I've been enjoying that group. The Facebook yeah, group. It's it's so much fun. I've 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 learned a lot. I've seen some new stuff. Um, it's a great conversation. Um, I think since that group the started, the eBay market has picked back up again. Um, yeah. Like I still watch that pretty regularly just to see if anything crops up. I'm not really shopping for anything right now, but I yeah. still like to watch it just to see what's going on. And it's been kind of kind of down just with you know, like basic editions and standard edition that anyone can get from you know if they're shopping at the right stores and things like that. Um, but it's picked back up and got some more rare stuff up there now, and I think that group has played no small part into it. I have to stay away, man. Yeah, there's a Raven's Wing on there, National Crop on there, Traveling Salesman, Day Game. 
There's a Levi's on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That one seems to be, that's kind of a holy grail one for a lot of people. It seems Levi. like it. Do you have those? I don't have those. I, I'm not going to pay that much for that. I saw a post that one went for like $200. Yeah, these are already like 177 so. There it is, yep, $177.50, four days, <laughs> 15 hours left. Yep. Crazy. Notes huh? along the road. Yeah. I just think I, I like I think one of the reasons why I like the American tradesman so much is I like the the whole red white and blue kind of layout and context around the notebooks and again that's a three color three pack where each co- each cover is a different color one red one white one blue so uh, it's it's really well done and you know the using those primary colors that just appeals to appeals to everyone and especially when they weren't uh, easily available like um a lot of the other editions so um, I put up a new post on the Pin Attic today, and I just wanted to talk about it really quick. Um, I just want to say you've changed the site again, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I I'm a fidgeter, and we're going to talk about that in uh, kind of our main topic today. How about how much of a fidgeter I am? I was getting really tired of that banner. I was getting tired of not reading, being able to read it. I was getting tired of the size of it. I thought it was too wide. It pushed the text of the pushes the content of the page too far down the page, um, so I just changed it to a basic text until I can figure out. I'll eventually have some type of image or logo image up there again. So I just changed it. I just found like a um, a font that I like that I thought made a good um, a good title, a good header. Um, so I've I've put that up there. So it's just very simplistic, but I think it looks good. It's um it's gotten me off the ledge a little bit about that image because it was starting to wear on me. I was starting to not like how it looked. I didn't I didn't care for it that much when I did it, and then I'd just never done anything with it. So I wanted to take it down and just make it make it simple. So look okay to you? I like it. I really like the font you've chosen. Yeah, I I hadn't really seen that font, and I'll have to go look it up again and get the name of it. But I was I was very pleased with this font. And I said, okay, I think that'll fit for what I'm trying to do. Just kind of have a simple header. So we'll see. It'll change again. There, there's no doubt. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you look on uh, the top post on my page right now, because it was the post I did this morning, I did a post titled "Help Wanted." And I've always done um, like some kind of I've always had kind of an open door policy for guest posts. You know, um, it hasn't been, you know, wide open where anyone can post anything that they want at any time. It's just been, you know, if I've had someone's interested in reviewing some pens and we have a good conversation and I think it's going to be a good fit, we do some guest posting. Well, I want to get someone who can do something on a more regular schedule, a more defined schedule, because I don't any the guest posters that I've used have been fantastic. And, you know, I just, you know, when they get a post done and they want to post it, you know, they'll send it to me and no set schedule, no time constraints or anything. But now I want to do something where I can get someone to, to um, do at least one review a week. And I'll put all the details um, in the post. Um, we'll have the link in the show notes, but you can go to pinac.com and you'll see it. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there to anyone who might be interested in writing for the pin addict. The details are on the page and, um, I made a um I made a fatal error this morning when I launched the post, didn't I, Mike? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> so the issue <laughs> I forgot and I knew it when I was writing it and I said, oh, "Okay, I need to put this in there." And then for some reason I hit publish and 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 left and went and ran some errands and I wasn't around to change it. Um I need this person to be US based. 
And the reason I need that is because shipping you, you is hate going everyone to, else. That's the problem. Yeah. You hate <laughs> yep. I yeah. I just I, I I really don't like you, Mike. I didn't want you applying. Um, Understood. Yeah, but I I just I don't have that much money to allocate to this position and shipping will eat into that very very much so that's the only reason why i'm doing it um you know the the shipping cost of products will be too high for what i have available to allocate to this person who will be hopefully writing and writing very well for pen Addict. so that was that was my reasoning behind it so um u.s base is really going to help me out a lot so that's all. Does that does that um, does that get you off the ledge a little bit, Mike? Mm-hmm. So basically, okay. they are the like the pen addict's apprentice. Uh, that'd be great. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I yeah, I would just love to have something firm and regular and scheduled and just <laughs> that I can count on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Mike, who is our sponsor today? <laughs> we are joined today, of course, by the fine folks over at Squarespace, Mr. Dowdy. Awesome. They make changing the banner on my site very easy. <laughs> yeah, you're able to, The reason Brad can change his site design so fast and so quickly and so often is because he has Squarespace's amazing design tools to do that. So Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website. Sign up for a free trial when you can also get 10% off. Go to squarespace.com. That's S-Q-U-A-R-S. Oh, A-R-E. Oh, blah, 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 blah. let me try again. Squarespace.com. That's S-Q-U-A-R-E-S-P-A-C-E.com. And use the offer code TallyHo8. So Squarespace are constantly updating their platform with great new features, new designs, and, and great support. As I said, Brad was able to go in. He's able to easily change the themes if he wants to. He can change the images if he wants one in the top header. He has access to loads of great fonts like the Google Fonts Library. There's some Typekit fonts in there as well so he can make his site look and read fantastic. Squarespace, take care of all of the hosting, SEO, and they even make sure that your great design looks fantastic on any device. It's so easy to use, but if you need any help, they have an amazing support team that work 24-7 to get that done. Go over to squarespace.com now and you can sign up for a free trial no credit card needed there are some great videos on the site as well which show you how different people are using Squarespace for their business for their band for their love whatever you know if if you've got a restaurant you want to start a blog Squarespace has like all of the tools that you need for me personally, my, my own website, MikeHurley.net, is on Squarespace. I would never put a, square, a, a website anywhere else other than Squarespace now. So it just makes it so easy for me. I've been a customer of theirs for about three years. Um, there's nowhere else that I would go. Squarespace give me everything that I need. Their plans start at $8 a month, and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Don't forget you get 10% off and you'll support this show if you use the offer code TallyHo8. So go check out Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. I've got another couple of examples. Um, we mentioned this pr- previously that we had, you know, I wanted you to send in and to tweet uh, me and Brad or just me and at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and at Squarespace if you have uh, set up a site. So we can see some examples. I've got one, it's eastlandoil.com. It's the Eastland Oil Company. 
which is a very interesting one. They're based in uh, Texas, and they've set up their website on Squarespace. So you'll find that in the show notes. So you can see an example there. It's a very cool one. It's nice, nice full bleed imagery. I like that one a lot. Um, and I have also uh, ionsomnia.com, which is I-O-N-S-O-M-N-I-A.com. Um, Ion's blog is really interesting. He's used a, a really cool um, template which shows images and they like zoom in when you scroll over them, which is really cool. And he's got a bunch of pen reviews and pen images here as well. So it's really cool. He's got a Twisby ROC, I can see there. He's obviously must have posted some images of, of a Twisby ROC edition, which we're big fans of. So, uh, yeah, you can see those um, over in the show notes as well. So that's at 5x5.tv slash penaddict slash 66. Thanks to everyone for sending those in. If you have a Squarespace site, just tweet me. I'm at iMike and throw at Squarespace in there as well. Um, If you've set up a site and you are a penaddict listener, send it in because we'd love to feature it on the show. All right, yeah, those sites look great and... um but yeah, Squarespace makes it so easy. So thank you, Squarespace, for continuing to sponsor us. We're very, very pleased and very happy customers ourselves. So. Indeed we are. Yeah. So I talked before about how um, I think it's a, a known uh, known thing that I have issues <laughs> um, as far as fidgeting and messing with stuff and kind of having too much of a good thing and then having to rip it all down because I get frustrated because I've got so much going on and things like that. So my latest my latest venture into the complete pen addiction problem um, that I'll need an intervention or at least a meeting or two on is um, I'm having an issue with how many fountain pens I have inked up. Um, I know this is not something you necessarily sh- – you don't – you're very, very um, – much more calm and tame <laughs> compared to me as yeah, far as, you know, how many pens, you know, have inked up or using at a time kind of in a rotation that you're taking with you and using to, you know, I'm not talking about the, you know, like the stocks of pens you have at home or things like that, but like the things you're actively using, you know, taking to work or using at your desk and things like that. So you don't, you're a big fountain pen fan. You have lots of fountain pens and, but you don't necessarily keep too many inked up at once, right? Like how many, We've talked about this before. We've talked about it several times. But like, what? Do, how many do you keep? I'm thinking it's only like two. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I only really use like two at a time max. I mean, I have some that have ink in them. Like, I was sort of just playing around with some stuff here a couple of days ago, and I've got a bunch of pens lying around, like the Quaker stuff. It's still got a cartridge in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm maybe not that OCD that I remove the cartridges and clean them out. Sure. I don't really do that, but, but they still yeah, so work. I, so. I get into this cycle of where I tried to keep just the few pins inked that, you know, I want to use at work or carry with me in my backpack and want to have inked up and available to use because I enjoy using them. And then I end up either trying new things or making changes or get a new ink and I'll ink up a different pen. And the next thing you know, I've got somewhere between 10 or 15 pens inked at one time. Well, in my situation, I'm not going to say no human being can can use all those inks because there's certainly people that can. Um, but in my situation, that ends up just being a waste and fountain pens just sit. It, it starts to bother me when I've inked a pen and then it sits there for weeks at a time and I've never used it. But, you know, I inked it up for a reason to test something out or try something out or to use it for a day and filed it back and didn't like it as much as my other pens and, and set it back down. So... 
I got into that cycle again where I'd gotten myself down to using just a handful of pins and all of a sudden I was back up to a dozen. So I've tried to make a hard line this time to where I'm limiting myself to five fountain pens and five inks, obviously, um, to have inked at one time. And I can, I'm trying to not have more than that. Like if I need to change something or have a new pen or new ink, um, one of the five that I currently have to ink, have inked gets cleaned, put a what stored, and then I get to use a different pen. So I decided that this weekend when I had some spare time that five was my number. One, because it's I, I think it's a it's a good amount, and two, because it fits in my <laughs> in my pen case really good. The roll pen case that I use um has five slots. And I, I just think it's a good amount. It gives me a good amount of variety and things like that. So there were two kind of two phases to putting this list of five pins together and I had a hard time with it and I actually picked out the pins, didn't ink them and slept on it overnight <laughs> just to make sure that these were actually the pins that I wanted to commit to for, you know, a good period of time. I'm not setting a period of time um, that I have to use these pins for, but I, I've just set more of a number to be more manageable. Um, so how, how crazy do I sound so far, Mike? Little, little crazy, just, lot crazy, just a tad. Okay. <laughs> and the real crazy part is that I could like talk about this passionately for like an hour on how I decided to pick what pens and inks I'm using. But anyway, I digress. I think that might be a, a follow up. <laughs> yeah, definitely need a, a pen intervention. Yeah, I um, think maybe. What do you think? Maybe next week talking about the five and why. Okay. Because yeah, that's not they're not necessarily the especially when I saw that image of the pens, they yeah. weren't the five that I expected. Right, and there's a there's a definite reason for that. So we're gonna we're gonna tease that. Mm -hmm. You think next week? Okay. There's a clear reason for that. So you can see the five. Um, the image um, will be in the show notes. I just um, I've been really active on Instagram. I've been really having fun since I I, I didn't think I'd miss. Instagram so much, but I've been really having fun. Lots of good conversation on there and seeing some good stuff. So you can see the five pins that I picked. Um, they're all really great, great pins. Um, so I picked them out like on a Saturday night or something, slept on it and woke up, looked at the pins again, looked at the pins I didn't have chosen. I said, yeah, okay, this is a good group of pins. And then I had to pick inks for each of those pins. And that's equally as challenging. Um, in my situation because I have, I don't know, 15 bottles of ink and who knows how many sample vials of ink. Um, just crazy amount of ink. Um, heavily leaning towards the blue-black um, color. Um, that's my favorite fountain pen ink color by far. So that took me a little while and... <laughs> I had the pins laid out on my desk and I knew like for the for the Namiki Falcon, which is a flex nib pen, I wanted a brighter ink. So I picked out the Edelstein Topaz, which is a real bright blue turquoisey looking ink. So that was easy. So I'd set the bottle in front of the pen and say, okay, that one's committed to it. And then I would just I did that for all the all the pens and I'd have all these bottles of ink sitting on my desk and I'd I'd take the bottle and I'd like look at this color, okay, Lamy blue black, and I'd set it down in front of this one. Oh no, that's just not right. And I'd pull it off and back and forth with ink sample vials and bottles. I mean 
this was like an ordeal <laughs> ordeal for me. But I finally I finally got the inks matched up into the pens. So I got them all inked up on Sunday night, took them to work with me the first night, and I had problems with two of the pens or or one pen and one ink. So after one day, <laughs> I've already swapped out one of the pens and swapped out one of the inks that the pen uses. Um, and you can see kind of this uh, trail through my Instagram, <laughs> through my Instagram feed of the issues that I'm having. But you know what? After I made those first changes, I'm pretty content. Like I'm not like panicking or shaking. I don't have like the shakes that I need to go clean a fountain pen and use something else. Um, so I think I'm, I might can make it through the end of the week, Mike. I think that's a, I think that's a big, that's a goal I have. Wow. At, I'm not going to uh, change any or uh, ink up any fountain pens more than the five I have or swap any inks, at least <laughs> at least through Friday. woo <laughs> So do you oh, know man. what's coming around problem. soon? What? The 6th of October, mm-hmm. the London Pen Show. Oh, nice. So I'm thinking about, thinking about going down. You have to, man. I'm thinking about it. That'll be cool. Yeah. S- yeah, speaking of which, not to totally hijack your, your thought process, uh-huh. the biggest pin show in the U.S. is next weekend. No, this weekend. Is this weekend the 8th? Yeah, that's this This weekend is the Washington, D.C. pin show. It's the biggest in the country over here. And you will see all of our, our pin friends um, going to that and having – so we'll, we'll, we'll see some good posts on that. I know – Aziza from Gourmet Pens is going. Um, uh, Ray from Fountain Pen Quest is going. My friend Thomas, who loans me all the pens, is flying in for a day to go to that show. Um, you know, the Goulets are going to be there. You're Brian be, Gray from Edison. You're going to be at the Pen Attic booth, right? I wish. I wish. What's the What's the uh, five by five travel kitty looking like? Can we get me a Give me a ticket in a hotel room. Will it cost you ten dollars? A little more than that. A little more. Right, then, then we can't help you. No? Okay. Dang. Dang. So, yeah, we need to We can we get you work. there, but can you afford it when you're <laughs> no. there? <laughs> no. That exactly. would be the hugest mistake, right? <laughs> <laughs> Getting there is only about a tenth of the battle. It's yep. the, can you afford it once you walk in the door? And the answer is definitely no. I'm still recovering from the Atlanta pin show. You know, I... I I took care of business there pretty pretty well, and uh, I, last thing I need with the fountain pen and ink problems that I'm having right now is to add more to the arsenal. But I keep doing that, so um, so we need to uh, get you prepped for this London pen show. Yep, and uh, still got a little to, while. Yeah, you got still got a little while. I need to think about some things you want to look for and uh, what yeah, might so. be interesting to you, and come up with a list and a and a game plan. That's pretty awesome. I think you should definitely go because you. You haven't been to like a pin show like that before, right? No, I'm going. I'm definitely going to go. It's on the sixth of October. So okay. leading up to this, listeners, we need to start getting things. We need to work out how we're going to do this. We need to coordinate me. We need to get me some things to look for, and some prices that I should be haggling for. So we're going to do this, guys, together. We've got two months. Two months today to get Mike ready for the London pen show. I like it. I'm going in. I think we can do it. Surely some Panatic listeners will be there as well. Gotta I hope be. so. They've got to be. If, if they're UK-based, must be, surely. So maybe, yes. maybe maybe, if there's anyone around, we can we can say hi. We can we can get a drink or something. That'd yeah, be cool. that'd be good. 
lots lots of UK readers and listeners. Um, exactly. So they've got to be there. So yeah. Surely. Cool. Make a make an event out of it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You should come down to the London show. I would love to. One of these, <laughs> one of these millennia, <laughs> I'll get over there. You should definitely make it coincide with a with a pen show. Yeah, I think I'm on vacation that week. As a matter of fact, perfect. So, yeah. I'll see you there. Mm-hmm. Booked, booked. I'm there. Stay with uh, William and Kate. They have an extra room. Do you mean the uh, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge? I'm sure that's what yeah. you mean. I don't think yeah. they have an extra room anymore now that they've got. Uh, Old old Prince George. I, I think I could find a closet, like at least as big as my house, yeah, to probably. roll up on the floor. So, yeah, I'd be covered, I think. <laughs> I'll just go knock on the door. Will, what's up? <laughs> All right. I think, uh, I think I've lost it now. I've yeah. officially lost it. I told you I was tired before, um, so, uh, before we started recording, so I think now I'm just getting into loopy. Mm-hmm. So um, we should probably, before... Um, I really get off track. We should probably wrap this up. So you can find uh, Brad's ever-changing website at penaddict.com. He is uh, at Dowdyism on Twitter, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Penaddict Podcast. If you enjoy the show, think about leaving us a review in iTunes as well. Um, that would be swell, and we'd be very happy with you. Very happy indeed. So we'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, say goodbye, Bradley. Goodbye, Bradley, with no E. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.